You're listening to the ESO Network, your station for all things geek. Warning. Thunder Talk contains foul language, adult subject matter, and is intended for mature audiences. Brian had a uh, profound theory on Mario Kart uh, that I think the world needs to hear as uh, as the Shadow Queen's gift to you tonight, Brian. Yeah, I my theory is this. I don't recall, and you all can keep me honest here, but I don't recall drifting ever being a thing until after Mario Kart came out, right? So I think like Mario Kart came out in the late 90s. Yeah. Drifting started happening, and all of a sudden we get Tokyo Drift, the Fast and Furious stuff, all that stuff. I think it came tomorrow. <laughs> That's my hypothesis. I what? I think it's a good one. I, I I don't recall drifting being all that. Think about it. Think about it. Did you ever hear about drift before Mario Kart? Come on. I mean, I was to be fair before Mario Kart. I was like a, a little kid. If if I don't know when did Mario Kart come out? Well, okay, you got the Super Nintendo, which is like ninety three. But you've got the N64 real, mm, like the, mm, it's pure Mario Kart, like. Pure Mario Kart was like 98. I think 98. 98. 98, yeah. Nobody was drifting. Come on. <laughs> I don't recall anybody drifting. Nobody was drifting. But you know, the only way to win that game is when you drift around the corner. No, so you got you to cool get that, uh, you know, your upper right button. Upper right. Yeah. Tap the brakes. Before Mario Kart, it was only donuts in the. Uh, in the fucking school parking, parking lot. That was it. That's it. Yep. That was it. Which is sort of drifting, but not drifting. It's, it's sort of, but not. They didn't call it drifting. <laughs> He's called donuts. Nobody drifted before Mario Kart. No regrets. The money consoles me. We finna take over. No more makeup shit. You know my crew been doing it since the 80s, bitch. We run this shit. Make them bow down. King and shit. The talk. Well, it's good to be back on Thunder Talk with the Thunder Faithful and my crew. It's been a while, and uh, I don't know. I'm just happy to be here. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> we're all happy holidays. <laughs> yes, happy holidays. We're, we're mm-hmm. always happy when we're all together. Merry Markmas. Yeah. Merry Markmas. <laughs> oh, Merry Markmas. And Merry Markmas, everyone. <laughs> wow, very cool. Thanks, Beth. You're welcome. And happy Spider-Mans. <laughs> A joyous Toyota-thon to you, Adam. <laughs> I mean, of course, we got Mr. J.T. Wheatley, History of Comic Books, and Anthony, History of Anthony Arvizo cheating at Battletech all the time here <laughs> on the Christmas special. What's up, everybody? How we doing? Fuck you. Fuck you, Dan. Yeah, fuck Dan. Fuck me. Yep. <laughs> 100%. We've evolved past God's rifles. Yeah. <laughs> Some of us have. Some of us yeah. have. <laughs> I've played enough video games, so that's This is how 200 year blood wars start. Oh, yeah. No, this, oh. Is, this is, yeah. This is the, this is the uh, first through third succession war being played out right now, right here. Oh, wait till we get into Mario Kart. I've lost whole friendships over that game. Oh, oh. dude. 100 bucks if you can beat me in the original Mario's Kart 64. Uh, oh, 64. Yeah, if you can beat me. I'll oh, I haven't got 64. that expansion pack yet. I got the original one on the Super NES on my Switch. We'll talk after the recording, dude. <laughs> I, have a, I have a 64 controller for my son's Switch. Oh, I got one of those. Okay, well yep. then. Y'all want to settle this on an equal playing field and go to Dave and Buster's and play that Mario Kart? That's mm. not the real Mario Kart, <laughs> no. You fucking, poser. Fucking poser. <laughs> yeah, Pac Man. <laughs> yeah, let's go to Dave and Buster's and play fucking Pac Man. Metal Mario! <laughs> <laughs> you know, one of, one of my coworkers told me, like, when Black Friday first started, a lot of car dealerships would offer great deals to people. You know, it wasn't something that they necessarily advertised, but if you just happen to be shopping or looking for a car, you can probably walk away with a pretty big deal. I think it's one of those situations where they're like, okay, everyone and their grandmother is like trying to give things away, you know, big ticket items. Like, why don't we sort of do like a, a soft sell of doing the same thing and see how many people we attract, you know? And then later, of course, it became a thing where you actually can go into a, a car dealership on Black Friday 
and get a deal on the car. But for many years, the car dealership didn't necessarily tell people about it. It was like the secret menu. Yeah. You know what I want? I, I want to be able to buy my car directly from the manufacturer. You know, you can do that kind of with Tesla. But, you know, I want to be able to call up Subaru and then, you know, maybe they can give us a, those random deals. But I just want to buy from the manufacturer. I do not want to go through a, a salesman. I That's mean, never going to be a thing. I know. That's never uh, going to be yeah. a thing. I hear you. Right. hopes and dreams right there, Dan. Hey. <laughs> I'm just being real, y'all. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like so it, getting yeah. a 2015 Camry SE from CarMax ended up being a dream come true. So Okay. Is that... There was a time in my 2010 when getting a 1997 Toyota Camry from a dealership <laughs> yeah. out in Temecula was a dream come true. 2700 bucks, and that fucker's still going. Yeah, and it probably will. I mean, the parts are readily available, and you can swap them out fairly cheap, and it'll go until, it, you know, just like in the future when, like, spaceships are generational things, and you just produce yeah. or 3D yeah. print new parts, you know, and, and they just fly forever. You know what uh, the best, uh, like, car mechanical education you can get is? YouTube? Poverty. <laughs> I mean, there is that. <laughs> no, and YouTube's an important part of that curriculum. Kavika, absolutely. Yeah. yeah no, no, you, Professor YouTube is fucking is like your whole room teacher in that scenario. Yep. I got a PhD in YouTube. Yeah. I mean, when you have a 97 Camry, taking it to a mechanic just seems bougie. You know, <laughs> Dan and Bougie are two things that don't yeah. really go together. Fuck no, fuck yeah. no. No, you're not going to wreck my cut rate punk rock dime store lifestyle. I don't know. Can yeah. you can you do your own timing chain? Fuck yeah, can I can. Ever- I got. I even got the little gun, little strobe gun. Yeah. Goddamn oh, wow. right, I can. I got my Haynes manual. I'm not fucking around. I can. I can work on a '97 <laughs> Toyota Camry real good. Give me a call. You can if you have the will and the poverty. That's yeah. right. That's right. Yeah, less money you have, better chance you got. <laughs> yeah. Is Dan eating ice cream? Oh, uh, he's smoking a cigarette, so same thing. Nobody wants to hear fucking Dan on the whole show all the time, right? Dan gets sick of hearing his own voice after a while. A very special episode without Dan. Uh, <laughs> Dan's show, we all fucking record some shit. So, uh... So yeah, now what's I've... the worst Christmas present you ever got? Shut up! <laughs> See, he's, he's there, backseat driving, backseat driving, and I just told him off. In now. hindsight, it was a waterbed. <laughs> a waterbed? Because you think waterbeds are awesome until you realize you have to make sure those things are heated and they spring waterbeds, leaks. Yeah. It's like, oh, this is awesome. This is not a good idea. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I had a waterbed yeah. when I was a kid. I wanted it for Christmas. I got it, and it's like. And it took up like most of my room, so I had no space in my room. To- <laughs> Eight hundred gallons of water beneath you is oh, probably yeah. the best idea. I already feel bougie enough with these AirPods. Yeah, Ooh, <laughs> fancy, fancy. Yeah. See, I I just want to like start creating an ongoing series. Maybe it's just an event series called bougie thor where thor gets like more <laughs> up to date with the 2020s and and stuff that he thinks is bougie but it's actually just being like a regular functioning human being in the present <laughs> i love this plan it sounds great sign me up <laughs> yep episode one airpods episode <laughs> two insurance <laughs> 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 Oh, I mean, funny. I already already knocked out the prelude with the 401k three years ago. So, yeah, or no, hey. or no, the inherited IRA. So you know, we we already got the prologue in the books. Well, it's not too. I don't want to get too deep into your money, dude. That's that's your business. I know. Unless like Merrill Lynch is managing your shit and wants Thunder Faithful to know they're managing your shit in exchange for either a piece of your shit or just some shit in general. <laughs> let's let's keep it uh, let's keep it between you and your account. <laughs> Index funds, I think, are the safest bet. What funds? <laughs> in, in, index funds? Is that what you were saying? Yeah, I mean, because then you're just saying like the stock market will grow at this percentage forever, right? And so, it, it like, an algorithm picks and chooses 
what it's going to buy, you know. You're betting on a bushel of stocks that a are bush, pre- a, a whole, bu- a whole <laughs> bushel of stocks, y'all. <laughs> a whole basket, you know. So. A bushel of stocks. <laughs> yeah, I know. That, that would be 36 metric bales yeah. of stocks. Please, Father, <laughs> I have a bushel of stocks. <laughs> no. no, I mean, dude, we're, this is uh, Thunder Finance going on right now. This is... Uh, <laughs> Let's get all CNBC with this shit. Yeah. Oh my gosh. <laughs> so let's talk about the money markets, Adam. Let's do this. Yeah. <laughs> hey, can someone come after us if they take Kavika's <laughs> advice and things don't work out? I oh, fucking no. hope so, dude. I hope the so, bushes? man. That'd be, real, that'd be great for our, our brand right there. That'd, that'd be mm-hmm. some, you yeah. know, what? All press all is press good press? Is good yeah. press. Yeah. We have to put a disclaimer up at something saying, hey. Yeah. We <laughs> the actually don't know what this... we're talking about. <laughs> <laughs> just to protect ourselves. I wasn't trying to get too deep into it anyway. I was just trying to establish the whole Bougie Thor limited event series by Disney+. Plus. This isn't about you anymore, bro. This is about this is about those money markets. Okay, yeah. you started. It's, it's about it's about the stock bushels. Yeah, yeah. it's about, it's about stock the stock bushels. bushels. Yeah. <laughs> Thunder Talk would like to take this opportunity to remind our clients that Thunder Talk, the Weirdos Workshop, and all Thunderverse affiliates, holdings, and subsidiaries are in no way liable for any claim or statement we've made ever especially pertaining to your filthy money, the stonk market, or however else you choose to participate in our criminal capitalist system. By choosing to construe any sound that falls out of our face as financial advice, you prove that you, and you alone, are a dickhead. For example, you've already invested a majority of your liquid assets into Freedom Isn't Free bumper stickers and Alabama State football apparel, even though you pointed at New Mexico when asked to locate Alabama on a map. As a side note, as a person, Chuck Norris actually sucks. Season's greetings. You make us sick. Wu-Tang forever. My dear wife, uh, bless her soul, I had to ask her to explain her job to me, and I'm telling you, I think my head was going to explode. <laughs> you know, I'm just like, okay, okay, well, just keep making that money. You know, that's good. I don't care what you do. Just keep bringing home the paycheck, you know. Right. Yeah. And uh, one year, they had a, a, a the company holiday party, and there was this guy there, and he started doing the running man. <laughs> and okay. it, it looked so weird. And at that point in time, I realized, I said, okay, the running man is a dance that is specifically made for videos. It's not something that you do at a party <laughs> because it just, it just looked crazy. It just looked crazy, like seeing it in 3D versus 2D. <laughs> I was like, okay, well, it's cool that you can do that. And I'm kind of jealous because I can't do the running man. But maybe this party wasn't the place to do the running man. But it just always kind of sticks out in my head as the most awkward moment at a job holiday party ever. Yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. Well, I, I, I'm just imagining this investment baker on a bunch of cocaine doing the running man (laughs) at a christmas party yeah yeah company parties are exactly the place where you you know experiment and try new things and take risks yeah like sleeping with your coworker, and then (laughs) yeah and then acting like it never happened for 11 months or what used to happen at the mtv holiday parties uh sometimes arguments will break out between couples but uh (laughs) it just seems like the next day it was business as usual yeah because that that was just a thursday you know right (laughs) a big party like that with free booze i mean yeah. Some people right. are, can drink and just have a good time, and sometimes, you know, things stop being polite and start getting real. <laughs> In the real world? <laughs> yes! <laughs> oh, touche! <laughs> I love that. Thunder Talk brought to you by Carsey Warner Productions. <laughs> and Thunder First Money Markets. <laughs> yeah, they're all coming after us, man. <laughs> 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 
water polo is supposed to be the hot new sport of the, uh, like what what people are sucking up subspace bandwidth to watch fucking water polo fuck enterprise dude oh my god that show had no idea. That show didn't know what, what was going on. Gonna watch some water polo, everybody. And then like trip comes in. It's like, oh hey, Cap, is this the new fucking what the fuck do we even call the finals of water polo? Is this the big new fucking who gives a shit? It's like, yeah, fucking nobody gives a fuck about this. Have a seat. Let's watch. Dan, we all know that Archer's your favorite captain. Oh my god, dude. <laughs> I'll fight you. I'll fight you right now. Dan has taken the the that captain test multiple times. He keeps coming up with Archer. Dude, oh my god. Anyway. Fucking, dude, that's a that's a fake fucking test. That's a fake internet test that hates me. Okay? Because he wants to be the, the hologram in Prodigy. That's his dream. Oh my god, dude. <laughs> yes. Yes. Fucking such disrespect. The, the one tenuous connection to the Star Trek universe. Such disrespect. Fucking come in my house as I'm lording over my mountain of coke, and you're like, you want to fuck me, Tony? Huh? (laughs) You want to fuck me? What are you talking about? (laughs) You know what's up. (laughs) He was just sitting there going like, Manolo. (laughs) What would Archer do in a time like this? What would Manny do? He would advise his daughter on running a multi-billion dollar corporation in central no 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 we're talking about tony montana as the captain of the first nxo1 enterprise yeah but keep up manny ribeiro was first you get the dilithium first you get the dilithium (laughs) then you get the warp drive (laughs) then you get the women then you get the women (laughs) then you get the orions he was he played the dad of a Sarah's first fiance who disappeared yeah. of her being a lesbian. There's some yeah. nerd shit. But Tony Montana's best friend Manny was Stephen Bauer, who also played uh, Carr's new boss. We're going Kevin Bacon on this fucking villain. nonsense. We're going. We're so far. We're going Kevin Bacon's daughter. We're going Sosa Bacon right now. Wait, are we talking Scarface now? Yes, we've been talking Scarface. Yeah, ever since oh, he yeah. said, you want to fuck me, Tony? <laughs> That's literally ever since we've wow. been talking about Scarface. Okay. Yeah, this is, the, yeah, the NXO one Scarface, dude. Fucking oh, keep up. Man. Yeah, we're talking about Stephen Bauer, who played Manny <laughs> on Scarface. No, we're not. Who's also, you think uh, we are. Uh, Lena Luthor's best friend, who now owns Catco and Supergirl. You want to best fuck me, Archer? Ever. You want to Lena's fuck me, Archer? Her, her dad? That's the kind of man we need to deal with the Balkan. Yeah, god damn it. Yeah, that's right. Tony, go talk to that Balkan ambassador. Yeah. 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 Do, do you think that fucking Andorian would be giving him a lip if, if he was like, dude, did you see like 20 minutes prior I was getting all fucking tested by a chainsaw? Come on. Them Klingons are dogs. <laughs> These Klingon dogs. <laughs> Uh, Klingons are pretty stupid, though. I'm going to say it. <laughs> well, I mean, yeah. When they try to have those episodes with their scientist Klingons, like, yeah, right. How are they supposed to? Yeah, right. So, oh, you so know? the Klingons really walked on the moon? Yeah, Klingons really, like, figure out what cancer was and did something about it? Yeah. There's just yeah. no A to B of them. It's like they're immediately B. There really isn't. Wow, I can't yeah. tell. Yeah, thank you. The Romulans, they had scientists. You can see them developing a race. Oh, dude, just because they're a xenophobic piece of shit, bunch of asshole yeah. fucking yeah. Dan Clinks running around with pointed yeah, ears. Yeah. Them. You know, they can still walk on the moon. The Cardassians, you can see how they could go where they point A to totally. point B. Even the, even the Ferengi point A to point B, you know? Oh, dude, even the Ferengi, yeah. At the very least, in Beta Cannon, the Ferengi ended up getting, they purchased warp drive. Some yeah. other species came through yeah. their system, made first contact, you know, um, well, not, at least not Federation, all sanitized style. Well, and the Ferengi were like, well, why don't we just buy your warp drive off you? We want to go to the stars and make money. About to say, because I, if I remember the rules in Star Trek is that once a civilization develops for warp drive, that's when they make first contact. That's when you're allowed to make first contact. That's when the, that's when the Federation is allowed to say, like, hey, everybody, you're not alone. Hey, everybody. But, but you have to do this shit on your own. It's passive-aggressive colonialization. It kind of is. Yeah, the, no, totally. The, the frame directive isn't necessarily a smart way of doing business. Uh, that's that's one of my favorite uh, episodes of Star Trek, the first contact episode. Where Riker has to bang the uh, yeah. 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 Frazier's wife. Yeah, uh, yeah. yeah, of course. <laughs> Riker has to right. find a reason to bang yeah. somebody. Like, well, no, no, no. He doesn't, get, he doesn't do the banging. She extorts him. Yeah. The roles are reversed. He wasn't arguing too much, though. <laughs> it's completely okay if you're blackmailed at that point in the 90s. You're, then it's okay. <laughs> so I definitely had my right earbud uh, 
in reverse, but Stephen Bauer's character's name on Supergirl oh, is my Bernardo God. Rojas. This fucking guy always trying to bring it back to that DC. Are you on their yeah. payroll? Excuse me? Oh, I'm sorry, dude. Sorry. Sorry, boss. <laughs> keep, keep going. My bad. About how he was on that Enterprise, but they got rescued, and that's where Riker died. I mean, Kirk died. And Riker immediately knew, that's where Kirk died. Because you know Kirk is probably Riker's idol. Wait a minute. In Generations. Oh, like gener- like like the movie. Kirk or, or Riker references Kirk's yeah, Kirk, death? Yeah, Riker is the one that brings up, that's the that's the ship that uh, Admiral Kirk probably died read his book. Oh, probably. He probably read his book. <laughs> I'm telling you. The, 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 the Kirk guy to banging aliens? I guarantee Riker read that. I mean, the Riker maneuver isn't a bridge order. That's for sure. <laughs> no. No, the whole, the whole swinging your leg over is just step one of a very complicated... Oh, yeah! Uh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> what will you do when your child asks? What were Saturday morning cartoons? What were Saturday morning cartoons? What's wrong with you? Or will you handle it the right way? Sit down, baby girl. Let me introduce you to my friend, Mark McRae. Join Dan Clink and I on the Best Saturdays of Our Lives podcast as we take a unique behind-the-scenes look at the history and dynamics of animation with plenty of laughs along the way. The Best Saturdays of Our Lives podcast is a proud member of the ESO Network. Hello. Have you ever wondered how much Jerry Siegel and Joe Schuster sold Superman's rights to DC for? Or which uh, popular football star was Sam Wilson the Falcon's physical appearance based on? You can find all that and more at the History of Comics podcast, a podcast dedicated to the creators, events, history, and the companies that made the great comic book medium. Hosted and created by your friendly neighborhood, J.T. Wheatley. Please give it a listen at iTunes, Spreaker, Stitcher, and all our podcasting platforms. Thank you, and go ahead and enjoy yourself a good comic book. Thunder Talk exclusive. <laughs> <laughs> Alright, everybody, we got a real holiday treat for you tonight. We are here with the Shadow Queens. We have Alex Palermo on bass and Brian Barkley on guitar and keys. They just released Krampus, Bradley Palermo, and the Shadow Queens. How y'all doing? Doing well. Doing great. Thanks for having us. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Totally. Totally. So the Shadow Queens. Yeah. How did that form? How did that get together? Basically, during all of the COVID madness, me and Bradley started talking about possibly making music together again. We used to be in bands together about a decade ago. The Sudden Passion. Yeah, we were in The, the Sudden, sudden Passion. Passion. Yeah. We were um, in Fatality together. Um, yeah, during the pandemic, Bradley reached out to me and he had like three songs written that were all like kind of satanic folk, murder folk, whatever you want to... And he was like, it'd be cool if you, if we like worked on these songs together. So like at first it was sort of just me and him messing around with these couple songs. And then over a couple months, it was like, got Matt involved, got Brian involved. And like, we went from kind of saying we were going to do like a couple singles and an EP to being like, nah, fuck that. Let's do like a whole album. Right. So the idea just kind of keeps snowballing into a bigger thing, which is cool. Uh, we are now joined by the drummer, Matt Gonzalez. Matt, how are you tonight? I'm well. Matt, Brian, how did you end up jumping in on all this? I've known these guys since high school. And um, funny enough, like <laughs> back in when I was in college, um, uh, back in St. Louis, Brad was uh, fronting this band called Five Across the Face. And the drummer in Five Across the Face was one of my best friends, Greg Bunn. Uh, and he played in my punk band in high school so you know we just it was a little bit incestuous i guess but uh one <laughs> uh one day uh, uh greg calls me up and he's like hey uh our guitar player who i th- believe alex you'd probably know more about the dramatics of the things that i do but i think that like lead guitar player and brad didn't really get along so well but he they got into some sort of row and uh he wasn't going to show up that night and greg came to my apartment that morning I was like here's our cd can you play these songs by tonight <laughs> so i spent the day and i was like during finals or something like that i didn't really have the time but i said like ah fuck it i'd rather play music than you know get a good grade on the test yeah, right and uh so we um i learned all the songs in about three or four hours and uh i played with them and that was the first time i'd actually really like interacted with with brad um in any sort of meaningful way and afterwards, he was like, dude, that was fucking so much fun. And I was like, yeah, let's like do it. Kick this guy out. I'll, I'll play. 
Right on. And, and, and then that was it. And then uh, I think like three or four years ago uh, at G-Man where Alex uh, bartends, uh, Brad was coming through and I, I don't know how we, we were just talking and he was like, oh, well, you want to play some of your, I got these, you know, all country. Right. Things. And he was like, oh yeah, why don't you come and open up? And it was a blast. It was great. Very cool. Very cool. So Matt, how did you get involved in all uh, well, this? obviously, uh, Brad and Alex are siblings, and uh, I've I've known Alex for about uh, seven or eight years now since I've been playing in Type Setter with them. Uh, we've had Brad come with us for a tour a few times, and when they brought it up about doing this project, I just had like tons of ideas right away, like right off the bat. Just, like, right. I want to play weird, like creepy, like folky drums. I'm kind of all about making like weird sounds out of random objects. And, totally. So instantly when Brad is like, I want to just weird like take folks and stuff, I'm like, all right, I'm just going to show up to the recording session with like my constant fan. <laughs> yeah, Matt basically told me when we started this project and he was going to be a part of it, like, yeah, I'm basically not going to play my drum kit. <laughs> He's like, I'm just going to have a bunch of other stuff, but trust me, it's going to be cool. And then like, we started tracking some of the songs and I, I was there for one of the sessions and Matt still played his drums, but like there definitely was a lot of moments where he's like holding a pot and like dropping a set of keys into it over and over again <laughs> and then going, <laughs> and I'm like, whatever, dude, I, I don't know what this is going to turn out as. And then like now listening at the mixes of the songs, it sounds fucking awesome. Yeah. I, I gotta say, like, I gotta say like, this is the first time I've ever recorded anything sort of, disparate across the country and i sort of feel like we're all kind of working off of the scratch track alone Mm. right and then we all kind of compile and then brad and whoever's mastering it and mixing it does a little bit of magic with it but there's something sort of interesting about like i i don't know what matt's playing when i'm actually like thinking because i'm when i'm initially writing the pieces because i just get the scratch track from brad and I just play along with that and write something to that. And then Matt's off doing his thing. And then Brad, uh, Alex is off doing his thing. Right. And all of a sudden, they, they sort of come together without what you would normally sort of homogenize in a studio together. And sure, I think yeah, yeah, right. About that, because Brad is like, text me afterwards, he's like, dude, how did you know that Alex was going to play those notes on the bass? I'm like, I don't know that <laughs> he's going to play those notes on the bass at all. Yeah. Like a random guess, you know? It's very like, well, well, we'll see if this works. And then like, obviously it leaves Brad with some homework with some of the stuff. And sometimes we have to change some things, but overall, I mean, like we have a whole record that's almost done. And like, I've heard most of it with most of the instruments so far and it all sounds really cool. So I'm just in it because we're going to go to, we're going to go to Pooza Fest at some point. That's why I'm there. I just want to go to Canada and eat. Uh, pizza with bean on top of it. I mean, the idea of the band is to sort of just kind of put out cool music and hopefully play some like cool shows. But obviously, it all has to be fly out stuff. So we'll see what happens. You know. Yeah. Alex, Matt, what what do you get? What are you all up to? Me and Matt have been in a band called Typesetter uh, for almost nine years, and we've just been touring internationally and kind of touring ourselves to death <laughs> for that entire time. Right. Uh, it's like a it's like a punk band with like indie influences, but um obviously with the pandemic and some other like health issues within our team, we've slowed down quite a bit. So we haven't right. really been doing anything. But for the last like eight nine years, we've been hitting it really hard, and right. that's basically been like my life, like pretty much all I was doing until now. So this project kind of helped fill that void a little bit since I've kind of been just hanging out, waiting for music to happen again. Totally, so, totally. Where where can we find you guys? Uh, Typesetters on everything, like Spotify and all that okay. stuff, iTunes, whatever. But um, last time we put out a record was late 2018, so not too long ago. And I'm not sure, like, when or if we're playing shows because we've got a lot of stuff going on. But, um, yeah, I mean, I, I hope we do. But for now, we've kind of just been chilling and doing other stuff like this, you know. Mm. Right on. Well, hey, everybody, Typesetter. Check them out. Look in the show notes. We'll definitely get all the deets on that. Yeah. Brian, what are you all about, dude? I mean, other than knowing what time it is with Mario Kart versus <laughs> the world versus versus Michael Bay. Shit, Michael Bay, do a goddamn Mario Kart movie right here. We thought of it. We thought of it right here. The Shadow Queens soundtrack. So 
I've been in a few things, um, you know, growing up in St. Louis, I was in this band called Idler, just one letter off from idols. Uh, but I, I, you know, completely should have duffed that one. I duffed that one accent. Anyway, uh, love idols though. They're great, but Idler, uh, and then that kind of spawned into like what I said, I, I played, uh, you know, that show with, uh, five across the face. Uh, when I moved to um, New York City, I joined this band called Flashlight Arcade, which was a mix of a few bands. Uh, what most notably, uh, this hardcore band from Jersey called One for One, which was a big touring act, pretty popular. Uh, they played with um, Zach De La Roach at one point when he was an in Inside Out and all that. So. Right. Uh, we were signed to a major label, did a lot of touring, sold some stuff, pretty classic stories of manager taking all of our money. Oh, um, shit. Yeah. Yeah. We, we, we landed on Mountain Dew commercial, a couple of video games and shit like that. Um, really? Some Mountain yeah. Dew commercials. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that kind of um, ended up folding in 2008, 2009. And then I started just writing um, silly well, I call it silly, but folk, alt country, kind of Uncle Tuplo meets, I don't know, uh, whatever. <laughs> take, know. Take, take, a, take your pick, right? Like, <laughs> right. And yeah, that that's it. And uh, like I said, Brad hit me up in 2018 and was like, oh, I'm playing a show. Do you, do you want to play? And it was sort of odd. I don't even know why he reached out to me for it. And I was like, yeah. So I had to scramble together a little band really quickly. And uh we played the show with them and that kind of just like really kind of brought it back for me. And um, a little bit later we were, Brad and I were talking about something. He goes, Oh, Hey, I'm going to do something. You want to play lead guitars? So sure. Okay. Yeah. Send it over. I didn't really think much about it and just laid some tracks down and here we are. Well, indeed. Yeah. Here we are. In fact, everyone introducing your Bradley Palermo. <laughs> There's this track, Last Christmas, y'all jumped on, uh, some other ones. I was going to ask uh, Bradley, this whole c collaboration versus, say, being in a static band. What kind of freedoms has that brought all of you, and how are you enjoying that? It's been a lot of fun. I mean, when it's just me, you know, the ideas, the songs tend to kind of stay as they're written. You know, I, I have, like, my kind of fallback format and that's fun but with these guys you know you send out the scratch tracks and we're all over the the country and they everything just comes back uh it's a complete surprise you know right. so the melodies and everything are completely different than what i would come up with and all the, the creative random percussion stuff that yeah, Matt yeah does. we talked and, about that we definitely got into that yeah yeah, yeah very cool and yeah, so it becomes like this little puzzle that I can play with and put together, and and um and yeah, it has like a totally different vibe, so that's fun. Yeah, yeah. I was going to ask you about Krampus, uh, kind of uh, continuing in your tradition of creating holiday music. Yeah. What inspired that that just as a trend, and then getting into Krampus specifically? Um, I, I love the thing that holiday music is is great because you know it has a life. It's kind of latent. It's it's like um, every year or for like two weeks, people start listening and then it's almost forgotten. You know, I love how like the Vandals and bands like that that have Christmas songs do like a Christmas show every year. And I try to do that here in L.A. And well, last year I didn't know what to write about. So I just put up on Facebook, what should I write this holiday song about? And Alex is like Krampus. So I was like, all right, let's do Krampus. <laughs> and I, I don't even know that much about Krampus really, but um, that's why I was like, they never heard of Krampus, you know, just kind of went with that. <laughs> yeah, I thought it turned out cool. Very cool. Yeah. Kind of a boilerplate question. How have you been adapting to COVID? I know you've all talked about, being all over the country, sending each other tr other tracks, the coolness that comes out of not knowing exactly what what's being shot at to you, and then mixing that in about the touring. How how's that been on you? Because right now shows being shut down with this whole Omicron yeah. thing. Yeah, it's crazy. Um, for me, it's just been a, like a lot less planning to tour. You know, it was just a lot of thinking about other hobbies and be it like I did a like an ambient album during COVID and stuff. It was just, just like, like reaching for other things to um, 
you know, fill that space of all that booking and touring stuff. But I mean, I did fast in Florida and probably about like maybe two shows in LA and maybe like a handful of regional shows and just haven't really focused on it heavily because it seems like every show you do, somebody drops off, somebody gets COVID or a venue like changes their policy or decides to close down or temporarily not do shows. So I just try to not make it too much of a focus, which is kind of sad. But yeah, I guess we're not quite there yet where you can just confidently go out and book a bunch of shows in a row, you know? Right. Well, Bradley Palermo and the Shadow Queens have a show for you tonight. Krampus. Uh, Bradley, if you want to tell us where people can find you, the song, how can their money become all y'all's money? The easiest way just to find all the links is probably just to go to bradleypalermo.com. Of course, we're on Spotify and Instagram and all those good places as well. Or, you know, you can find us on Bandcamp. If you search Bradley Palermo, all the Shadow Queen stuff is just kind of wrapped up in the Bradley Palermo stuff. So um, find me and you can find them and check it out. Say you never heard of Krampus, but he sure heard of you. Towering above your sleeping body, orchestrating his next move Lurking on you Counting your sins Swinging round the birch rod Breaking that skin There were no reindeer games It was all Tongue and fine Said I'd never heard of Krampus But he sure heard of me His eyes peer through my bedroom closet Watching while I dream From under that earth with a devilish grin Heating up the pitchforks, singeing that skin There were no reindeer games, it was all Tongue and fine There were no reindeer games, there were no reindeer games, it was all Tongue and fine Say you never heard of Krampus But he sure heard of you HBO is like the crown jewel of the Warner Media Company. Well, and I feel like HBO is the crown jewel of like compared comparatively speaking of like all the media out there it's like mm-hmm. top tier that's top shelf right right you know right. like don't don't mess with a, a really good thing kind of thing like they they have you know it all unlocked but i would like right. for like my hbo max and discovery plus to like merge together into one streaming service oh you know interesting that would be nice yeah, because right now, Discovery definitely has its own streaming service, and uh, it's pretty inexpensive, too. Seven, Five nine bucks. Oh, yes. oh really? Okay, I, I don't okay. know. I'm just I'm just throwing that out there. I've been yeah. just spitballing. <laughs> I'm, I'm saying it's ten bucks, no commercials. You know, like, it's it's probably six dollars with commercials <laughs> and ten bucks without. It's thirteen fifty. Oh, is it thirteen fifty without commercials? No, I'm spitballing. Oh. <laughs> I just played you at your own game, Kavika. Oh, man. No, no, okay. Well, you know what? We gotta look this up. Mm. Well, let's see. It says, uh, get it all for four ninety nine a month. See? I was right. But I'm wondering if that's like yeah, that's discovery pretty- oh. ad free is six ninety nine a month. Right. So right. that's not bad. 
Seven yeah. bucks. I said seven bucks. I, I said five. <laughs> <laughs> well, I did say seven well, with ads. Five, yeah. five with ads. Seven without ads. Yeah. Oh, so we're both right. Yeah. So if we yeah. were on the prices right, Kavika and I would have to both come up on stage. <laughs> yeah, but I think you would have won though because it oh. doesn't like you know whenever it's, the it's person the behind you they're, they're like yeah. I'll bid a dollar. Well, the <laughs> fucking asshole. Of course you will, because <laughs> you know, I was trying to bid the right amount. <laughs> so yeah, too funny. I would get so mad at the prices, right? All the time. You, you know, you'd watched it over the years kind of thing and you'd be like, what are you doing? Don't bid that. And of course, you know, we're all supposed to know magically in our heads how much everything costs in the world, which is, you know, ridiculous. Right. I was just like, it's just programming for consumerism. But <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, because the thing is, even if you know prices, you have to know California prices. Exactly. And, you and know, California prices are like 25, 30% higher than other places. It's going to be definitely higher than Oklahoma markets, right? You know, right, so. right. Oh, definitely higher than Georgia markets, too. Oh, yeah. Oh, there was that documentary about the guy who studied the show and like memorized the prices and stuff. Oh, wow. Yeah, oh, I've never cool. heard of that. Yeah, me neither. Yeah. yeah, there's a whole documentary. I watched it. He was like a huge fan of the show, and he would watch it all the time and memorize the prices, and then he went a bunch of times to try to get on the show, and I think he got on there once, maybe twice. Okay. But Did he get a new car? Did he make it up to the stage? Like I can't remember, but this guy was so like into it. He created his own computer program to like quiz him on prices of things. Wow. Crazy. But then you still have to get picked out of the audience, right? Right, right. So, you know, there's like 500 people there, 250 something. Yeah, there's a bunch of people. And that's another thing you kind of got to like, you know, come show a lot of personality in line and like wear a crazy shirt. and For sure. Yeah. He knew what he was doing. Yeah, because I have some friends that live in uh, Redondo Beach. And when they first moved out to L.A., they went on The Price is Right. And everything you just said, Beth, was right on the nose because the people that they ended up picking were folks that really showed big personalities. Folks that definitely will not be nervous and afraid to be on television. Yeah, that would make sense because, like, they don't want somebody shy and being like, oh, no, whatever. Right. Now, that wouldn't be that wouldn't be good television. Yeah, it wouldn't. So, yeah, I used to like to watch it mainly because when Bob Barker hosted and when someone lost, he would say, too bad. (laughs) 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 And that always made me laugh because it it was just like the way that he said it was just like, too bad, stupid. (laughs) (laughs) If you were going to go on a game show... What game show would it be? Oh, that's a great question. Hmm. Oh, damn. I don't know. Hmm. I think, you know, I would, I think I would like maybe the old match game. Yeah. Where you had to fill in the gap at the end of a sentence. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I, I can't describe it right now, unfortunately. So like, it would be something like Jack and Jill went up the hill to fetch a, a pail of water. But Jack came down, and then they would kind of change it a little bit. Jack came down and fell in a, and you'd have to fill in whatever he fell into. And it would have to be something, you know, funny and clever. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And then one of the six celebrities hopefully matched what you said. Interesting. Yeah, that'd be tough. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I don't know if another celebrity has my sense of humor. Right, exactly. Well, that's the thing. But a lot of times, like... um. Hollywood Squares, I felt like the celebrities were fed certain answers. I I agree. I, I 100% agree. Like, if I was mm-hmm. going to go on a game show, it would definitely have to be Jeopardy, and I would do it really poorly, you know? <laughs> <laughs> oh, one of my coworkers tried out for Jeopardy. Let me see. He got through, I think there are three rounds that they put you through. And he got Mm -hmm. uh, to the second round, and I don't think he made it to the third round, you know. But he said it was really interesting. And this guy, you know, the few times we did trivia night, 
you know, they always brought this dude along because he was really good at trivia. Uh So it's kind of interesting that, you know, it was cool that he gave us some insight on what it was like to audition for Jeopardy. A girl we played derby with, she she got on Jeopardy. She did. Oh, snap. She did stay. I mean, like, I don't think she won very much money, though. I Mm -hmm. mean... No, she didn't do very well, but I think, you know, some of it was just the whole timing thing, because I know that the timing's kind of difficult with the, the Jeopardy buzzer. Right. And, and and who knows, sometimes it's whatever your expertise is in that yeah, particular yeah. night, they're picking stuff that you don't actually know, Yeah, you know, which sucks, because... uh one time, Scad asked me to, you know, to shoot a pilot, and they sent me one set of questions, which I memorized and had responses for. And when I got there, everything changed. <laughs> yeah. and, and I really felt like that Jeopardy contestants that came in last place. <laughs> like, I, I don't oh, know. Oh, let me tell you, I kept my cool, but I was like, inside, I was just like, whoa. You know, I just felt like someone had set me up, you know, but it could have been miscommunication as well. Those kind of things happen sometimes. Or or, or they just wanted to see how you would be. They want to fucking watch uh, you squirm, dude. They yeah. want to watch you wiggle up there. <laughs> they want they want the television part of it, right? Yeah, <laughs> they right. Want the extra right. drama. They want to they want to see when you're you've prepared for something and you're given something else. I mean, that's fine, but you know, it didn't go anywhere. And maybe that was because it wasn't as, as balanced as it should have been. <laughs> yeah. Well, no, I mean, hey, yeah, they thought like, hey, we're going to, we're going to watch Mark twist in the wind up there. And then they realized, <laughs> oh, it's not as interesting as actually asking him the fucking questions we told him we were going to ask him. <laughs> right. Right. Well, there goes the whole pilot. Well, you know, but it was, it was a good experience for me too, because what it taught me was that sometimes you'll get in these situations where, you're just going to have to go with it and do the best that you can. And I think that situation really helped me prepare me mentally for when I appeared on TCM. Oh, there you go. Because it's almost, it's almost like the same scenario. But because I knew that I was going to be asked questions that we didn't talk about, I was ready for anything. Right. <laughs> That's good. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So... So it was good. So, you know, so even so, you know, and and that's the thing, you know, even if the situation doesn't work out for you, like you think, as far as I'm concerned, I always try to pull something positive out of it. Have you been searching for that one heavy metal podcast that covers all of your favorite geeky topics as well? Well, look no further. The Metal Geeks podcast is here to save the day. Whether you are into video games, films, comic books, theme parks, or even, yes, heavy metal, then the Metal Geeks Podcast is a place for you. Check us out on all of your favorite podcasting apps, and we are proud members of the ESO Network. Keep it geeky, and keep it metal. So Dan, if you were going to be on a game show... Okay. What game show would you be on? Ooh, fucking probably uh, Price is Right. <laughs> <laughs> That's probably, I mean, I, uh, we just finished talking about that yeah. show, dude. Well, I mean, you're from California, so it's shown in California. All those are all California prices. We were, you know, so. Yeah. 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 Oh, you know, this is interesting. When I worked for Samsung, there were three different potential UPC like uh, SKU numbers on the back of the products. One would be international, one would be the United States, and the third would be California specifically. Yeah. Wow. I remember the trainer and everybody in the class going, well, that's dumb. That's lame. It's like, yeah, it's a whole added layer of bullshit. It doesn't matter. I'm like, whoa, 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 whoa. You fucking ingrates, you civilians. All that shit comes through the port of Los Angeles. All that shit comes through San Pedro, Long Beach, uh, up in uh, the Bay Area. All that shit passes through California. One in every 10 Americans is Californian, straight up. Right. And, yeah, it was then that I also learned how ungrateful the rest of this country is for California (laughs) being a member of this union, keeping this whole goddamn party going. And I would probably try to throw my own personal, like, politics into the game show I'm on. 
Kavika. That's probably why they wouldn't air my episode. <laughs> yeah, they wouldn't air your episode. <laughs> no, they wouldn't. They wouldn't. They would not. They're like, uh-uh. So we like this dude, but he's too controversial. No, fuck this guy. Yeah, we'll, we'll, put, we'll, we'll put him on, you know those videos where you got the stuff that was edited out of the game shows like 30 years prior? Right, right. <laughs> yeah, one of, those, one of those Time Life uh, <laughs> like collections of... Uh, oh my gosh, it's yeah. like the DVD extra? <laughs> yeah, exactly, yeah. It's like... It's like, uh, you know, here's here's a collection of all the Dean Martin roasts. And if you act now, here's some bullshit that was deleted from game shows. And then it shows me up there going off on some fucking rant. And then it cuts to that woman from the uh, the newlywed game back in the 70s. The question is, where is the strangest place you made Whoopi? Oh, yeah. And the yeah. answers are like, you know, in the back of a, <laughs> yeah. on a, on a bus or, you know, in my parents' bathroom. But one of the women's like... Uh, in the butt? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, we, I don't think I've really watched too many game shows. I have, I have been watched a show recently and I kind of hate myself for it. Um, it was, I kind of hate you for it too. It was like a hate watch. (laughs) Like it's it's good TV, but at the watch. same time, <laughs> um, so I watched the first three seasons of Yellowstone, and you know because it's about like it's a remake of the old Yellowstone kind of. Like I think that wasn't there an old Yellowstone that came out in like the 1950s, and it's all about. Yeah, I think there was a movie. Yeah, this one is about a ranch in Montana and. They just kill a lot of fucking people. It's crazy. I'm like, that's not reality. But, you know, you keep watching, you keep watching, like, uh It gives, like, cowboy mafia vibes. <laughs> <laughs> kind of. But it's pretty. Like, it, I mean, it's filmed in a gorgeous location, so. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah, I like westerns Um, lately. I like, I like some of the old western shows, like uh, Cheyenne. And uh, the lawman. Um, these are shows that people probably, you know, they're not really. They're kind of forgotten westerns. But like in the late fifties, early sixties, westerns were really big in the movies as well as on TV. And they were like, and these westerns went on for like these series went on for like five, six, and seven years. You know, thirty nine episodes per season, which is that's crazy. crazy. That's crazy. That's how they programmed back in the day. Um, but uh, it's kind of interesting, some of them, you know. I can't remember um, what we were watching the other day, but like a season was something like 24 episodes. Right. Which I was like, oh, man, I remember when seasons used to have like now we've been we've adjusted to like the Netflix season, which is right. eight to ten episodes. Right. And you were watching Stargate. I was watching Stargate. That's right. And, you know, they're pumping it out, you know, 24 episodes in the season. Yeah, yeah a know. classic season when that, like, started in the fall and then they had a short mm-hmm. winter break and then it'd start back up and go through, like, May or the very beginning of June and take the summer off. Right. Yeah, so episodes started like at 39 and then they reduced it to 25. But in the days that you got 39 episodes, you would get guaranteed 13 weeks. So if your show did not make it in 13 weeks, you got canceled. Hmm. And then if your show was successful after 13 weeks, you got 39 episodes. Somebody came up with Nielsen sweeps that always happen in May determines which network would win the season. And so all the networks will pull out all their big guns, haha, <laughs> talking about Yellowstone. Yeah. <laughs> but <laughs> pull out all their big guns and have like this all these tentpole events happening. And whoever won at the end of May won the season. And it's and it's still pretty much set up that way. But I just don't know who came up with the idea to kind of shorten the television schedule and have like this big playoff for all the networks in May. I mean, it, almost every decision it has to relate to money somehow. So yeah, I, I would I would say 
Somewhere along the way, somebody was like, hey, you know, if we only give 25 episodes and we make them just a little bit longer, then people won't care kind of thing or something. I, I just it's astronomical right. amount of my like, could you imagine a show doing 39 episodes right now in one season? Like how much? Oh, my God. Like how much money that would be like? Yeah, a billion dollars. Or something. Right. It would be astronomically expensive. I, I, I but couldn't... you know what? Nobody working in the business will go for that type of model. One of the reasons why I think TV actors or just actors in general like the shorter episode rule is because it frees them up to do other things. Yeah. Back in those days, I mean, even with 25 episodes, if a sweet movie deal came along for you to be on the big screen, you probably couldn't do it because the schedule didn't allow it. But nowadays, you can see someone on a streaming show and a broadcast show at the same freaking time. Yeah, and a movie. Like, you could recur you know, like, and a movie. Yeah. Right. <laughs> well, back in the day, that's why Jeffrey Hunter, the original Captain mm-hmm. Pike, didn't come back to reshoot the pilot because right. of Star Trek that we know it uh, today. Because what, what was it that his, uh, that his wife said? Oh, I can't Mark? remember, dude. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, as the legend goes, she put it uh, very succinctly. Right. She, she said... Oh, Jeffrey's a movie star. He doesn't do television. <laughs> well, there is a twist to the story. I just found this out two weeks ago. Ooh. Check this out. You know what show he wanted to do? What's that? Okay, so Star Trek started in 66. So by 1969, you know, his movie career was slowing down. And so the show right. that he lobbied for and campaigned for, he wanted to play the dad in The Brady Bunch. <laughs> Wow. No shit? Yes. Hot damn. That's funny. I know. Like, what? Damn. And and you want to hear, and here's the other part of the story, and now this is the part where legend sort of comes in. Okay. Shorewood Swartz, you know, created the show. He felt that Jeffrey Hunter was too handsome to play Mike Brady. <laughs> wow, that's funny. <laughs> yeah, it is funny and I, and I, and that, it's, and that, it's, that that dad is just too fuckable. Right. <laughs> right. We want it to be more wholesome than that. Right. <laughs> yeah. Now, what that made me feel like Robert Reed isn't a slouch at the end of the day either. He's a good-looking dude. He's a he's a handsome dude. Right. Right, but I'm just like you know, why don't you just say you didn't want this particular actor for the role and that you didn't think that he was right for the role, you know, rather than they're too handsome? <laughs> well, may, well, they maybe had to give a compliment in there, right? Yeah, you know, yeah, so. yeah, right. Yeah. Okay, now that you think about it, yeah, someone told me that one time at work, and it was like a <laughs> backhanded compliment. I, I wanted... <laughs> <laughs> I wanted to join the content team, and this person is nice and with a smile on her face said, I can't see anybody else but you doing that boomerang job, Mark. And it took me a minute. You're like, what? I'm like, oh, wow. <laughs> she just said in a very nice way, we don't want you to keep doing your job. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Damn. I was just like, wow. But she said it nicely, though. so another you know how they used to say you know movie stars didn't do television but there's another like one of those kinds of sayings like if you play in sci-fi your career is dead which i think is totally false and has completely changed now for sure like that might have been the case in the 1970s like if you you started starring on a whole bunch of sci-fi television that you weren't going to become a movie star or something but Jason Momoa, Star, uh, uh, Stargate, Atlantis, like he was all over it, and now he's like a movie star. He, I mean, he he jumped from dude. Stargate, if you're telling Atlantis. me, if you're telling me that all of Jason Momoa's success and all the success that has flowed from Jason Momoa. All can be traced back to fucking Stargate Atlantis. No, I, I. Then my entire worldview is upside down. just go ahead and watch the really quickly. Just go ahead and watch the five seasons of twenty four episodes fucking happen, or whatever. Ever. That's <laughs> never going to happen, Kavika. <laughs> I, I, 
can see how thrilled you are <laughs> to talk about Stargate, so... <laughs> you fucking asshole. Stargate is a great series. Go fuck yourself. <laughs> what do you think Jason Momoa wants for Christmas? Like, what can we get him? This has really been bug- bugging me all week. And in terms of shipping, we need to get that out uh, like, pronto. What are we getting Jason Momoa for Christmas this year, everybody? Land back. Just like all what? the land back. Just like all the other Native Americans, Jason Momoa's Hawaiian. He wants his fu- land back. Yeah, we want the land back. Oh, shit. Okay. All right. Colonizers came and took the land. Gotta give it back. Gotta get those Howleys off that fucking land. I mean, they, right? they can stay there, but on their little tracks. I mean, like... <sighs> Fuck those Howleys. You know, there is a show that you need to watch. It's called Reservation Dogs. It's on Epic. I've already watched it. I binged it. On I Hulu. Stop watching. I watched it all in one night. Reservation Dogs? Yeah. Fucking A. I grew up around all the reservations. Around We were surrounded by three reservations. Uh, I grew up out in uh, an area that had a very high Native American population. And so much of that show is accurate. Going back pre-casino days <laughs> out in Southern <laughs> California. Lasino, the Saboba. There's Las Coyotes. Uh, down further, um, the Kawea reservations. Yeah, spent a lot well, time out there. Well, we love that it was all filmed here in Oklahoma. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You know, and, and then like we always see people that we know on it. it you know, like you got yeah. you need to insert uh, that one song. Was it like greasy greasy fry bread? Oh, greasy fry bread. Greasy fry bread. Fry bread. bread. <laughs> you ever had you've had fry bread, right? Yeah, of oh, course. Now watch that grease pump, then watch a waist drop. She got that blue bird bag in the tank top. She got that white powder all over everything. She get the bustin' mine, but we ain't cousins, man. We from the same tribe, but a different clan. She my red bunny, and I'm a red man. She love my tattoos and my two braids, fried bread money. Yeah, I spent a lot of time out on the reservations out around where I grew up for many years. That was an amazing show. It is interesting that we're starting to see more shows that like highlight different points of view, different perspectives. And and I, I'm enjoying that, you know, like we we need that and it's been a long time coming you know there there are a lot of different perspectives out there there isn't just one and uh, but hollywood tends to just relate to only a very men. narrow Cis band white men. I, i've yes. noticed in the few yes. shows that i've been following recently that uh like discovery for example there isn't a single leading cis white male on the entire fucking show not a single one yeah I'm single one. I mean, if there is, they're wearing fucking makeup and as an alien, and that doesn't count. That doesn't count. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, so, it's pretty. It's pretty fucking refreshing. It is. I, Even I'm, me as a cis white new- man, I'm really fucking bored after 43 years on this earth, and God knows how many decades before that cis white men make up the core of every story that's put on film. You know, even the white folks are done, well, dude. <laughs> Even the white folks want something well, different. I think it's like the regurgitation of the same story, just like rebranded and, you know, just turned a little catty corner. You know, like we can all see different variations of the same story. And, you know, like it's time for other stories. People are just want some new stories. And there are other stories out there to be told. So. Are we doing the promos now? Yes, we're at the end of the show where we talk about our bullshit. And fucking Adam, talk about your bullshit. <laughs> Ring of Thunder YouTube channel. Uh, Ring of Thunder is dead. Long live Ring of Thunder. Thunder Talk. Fall Horseman. Spooky Thor. Sexy Aquaman. Spooky. Sexy. A Thor. <laughs> That's your OnlyFans, Sexy Aquaman. Yeah, yeah, o- only Sexy Aquaman's. Perfect. <laughs> really, I really want to be on History Comics. Yeah, how come I, I've never been on History Comics? Anthony, have you been on History Comic Books? 
I could talk history comic books. I could talk history know? comics, sort but, of. But can you do history comic books? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no. You can find the History Comics podcast on Spreaker, Stitcher, Apple, and all your podcasting platforms. And you can also find us on the social medias, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and Tumblr. And most importantly, we're the podcast that knows that the gauze rifle caused collateral damage. <laughs> no, it fucking doesn't. It's a fucking metal slug. <laughs> oh, we need to do, make that no shirt. There's no secondary. <sighs> Fuck all of you. Fuck all of you. Where can we find you, Kavita? You can find me at K to Say Rambles on on Twitter. Uh, you can find me lurking in some people's twitches. Uh, you can always find me here on Thunder Talk and at your, you know, who knows where else. Uh, Mark, where, I mean, where can you find Dan? I can find Dan hanging out with Mark. Well, then, Mark, where can you find, where can you find yourself? <laughs> on Twitter, it's Mark McTBSOOL, which are the initials of my book, The Best Saturdays of Our Lives. You can also find me on my website at tbsol.com and uh, on what other places? Um, oh, like uh, you can find the podcast on all the places that have podcasts. Right. Best Saturdays of Our Lives right. podcast. Like, yeah, like Apple TV and Apple TV. <laughs> like on Apple. One day. Apple one day. Podcast. One day soon. Coming soon Wait, to Apple TV, what? everybody. What? <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Apple TV and, and, hey. and Stitcher. <laughs> we are also on Stitcher as well. Yeah. And uh and what city are we in again? Oh yeah, Atlanta. That's right. <laughs> Riker is killing yes. me. I've taken him out so many times. Dude, that dog is not acting like a professional there, Beth. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He, he's over it. You he can does. find me in the backyard with Riker because he's losing his mind, but um if that's not good enough for you <laughs> at Oklahoma. Fuck yeah. Anthony, god damn it! I know that you're on social media now. Uh, Tony in the Zony. Yeah, I threw an Instagram on there. I gotta look. What's at up? Things, you know, what's up with that? I gotta, I, I gotta look at things. You know, I want to see stuff. Yeah, you do. You want to be part of it all, right? At some point, I want to market stuff. I want to expand. You know, I gotta grow. Who doesn't? Yeah, there you go. It's natural. I want to be, you know, be that little caterpillar. I want to go into a butterfly. I gotta be a chrysalis <laughs> first. So. <laughs> I gotta get there, man. I gotta get there. Metapod to caterpie. I could have made a Pokemon. I was. I could have made a Pokemon. <laughs> That's fucking weird, dude. I love it. Happy holidays, Spider-Mans. Merry Christmas. Happy Hanukkah. Happy Kwanzaa. Happy everything. We love you. Happy holidays. You guys are the best. Uh, I love you guys. All right. Love you, mate. Riker. Enough. is a production of The Weirdos Workshop, starring Bradley Palermo, Brian Barclay, Alex Palermo, Matt Gonzalez, Jonathan Wheatley, Mark McRae, Beth Allo, Adam Wedston, Anthony Arbizo, Dan Klink, and Kavika Allo. If you want to find us on social media, we are on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook at ThunderTalkPod. Our email address is thundertalkpodcast at gmail.com. Drink, fight, and make your ancestors proud. Yeah, cut me out, please. Cut you out completely? Okay, yeah, done. No, no. <laughs> Alex is like, yeah, please cut that guy out, please. I'll give you a witness protection yeah. voice. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Mario Kart definitely started the whole drift. <laughs> <laughs> this has been a broadcast of the ESO Network. Be part of the crew and help support our shows by donating to our ESO Patreon or by shopping for the T Public store, which can all be found at www.esonetwork.com. The ESO Network, your station for all things geek.